listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. A third woman is accusing Republican State Senator Pete Lucido of sexual harassment. Melissa Osborne works for a credit union trade group that lobbies lawmakers for changes in banking laws. She says her experience with Lucido was, quote, eerily similar to that of Democratic State Senator Mallory McMorrow, who last week publicly accused Lucido of touching her in an uncomfortable way and making inappropriate comments about her appearance. I'm happy to be joined now by Melissa Osborne, who's a regulatory and legislative affairs specialist for the Michigan Credit Union League and Affiliates. Melissa Osborne, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. Also with us is Chad Livengood. He is a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business, and he published Osborne's account in Crane's yesterday. Chad, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So, Melissa, I would like to start with you and give you an opportunity to describe for yourself what happened during this experience with Senator Lucidio. Well, it was um, last May, and I was staffing an event, and he came in and just made a comment about how he liked my hair, which was fine. I, I told him it ran the red hair ran in the family, but it was a short time later that um, he approached me from behind, so I didn't actually even see him coming, and he placed his hand very low on my back, like, to what I had described, kind of like almost like the upper part of your butt, so it was placed too low, it was uncomfortable, and he just talked about my appearance for, like, just an extended period of time, like, just a couple of minutes about the the dress I was wearing and how I looked in the dress, how he liked how I looked, and it it he was looking me up and down. It was a very like uncomfortable and like demeaning situation where I didn't know how to back out of it. And um, I, there was another uh, employee that did come around and ask if everything was okay and um, kind of broke that situation up, but. I didn't quite expect it, and I didn't see it coming. Mm. Yeah, so it it wasn't a very long, run-out experience, but it was very uncomfortable, and one I had told people about, but didn't quite know what to do with it. I was, you know, you never really know where you take a complaint like that, or even if it's serious enough, so you kind of just move on. Yeah. I I want to talk to you a little more about that moment and how it made you feel. And part of the reason I want to do that is that I have seen some pushback, not just against your account, but also the account of Senator McMorrow uh, and Ms. Donahue, who works for the Michigan Advance, saying these are the things you're describing aren't that big of a deal and that they are being conflated here with far worse kinds of behavior that we've seen other men be accused of. I'd love to have you talk about why this made you feel the way it did and, and specifically how it did make you feel. Well, and there is, there, there are and have been worse experiences, even just around Lansing. I've even had some that I would consider worse. But 
even the small experiences like that where it's inappropriate and there is a power dynamic at play that leaves you in a position where you're not sure what you can do about it, even the small experiences do matter and somebody should say something. It's just that a lot of us never really did or knew how to do something about it. And the the reason why I came forward specifically on this event is I saw two other women come forward and they were getting attacked or being accused of misquoting or misunderstanding or that it was partisan that I just wanted to back them up to say that this is real and this happened and at least put that out there. And it just makes you feel powerless when it happens, even if it's a smaller incident. So even at the time, I just felt a little trapped, Mm. like I I wasn't sure what to do. You have to start thinking, and even if the repercussions you're thinking in your mind are not real, you still go through this process in your mind of, like, what can you do about it, but what will happen? Um, You know, should I remove his hands or tell him to stop? I'm also at a professional work event. Like, you know, how, how would that reaction be seen? And... You know, there's all these questions that you have in your mind about what you're actually able to do in the moment. And then before you know it, that moment is gone and you weren't really able to do anything. And you're just you're just kind of stuck thinking, well, all right, that was just another one. Mm -hmm. And we we can talk about it. It's just one of those another one of those unfortunate incidents that happen on occasion and then just move on. But it, it was. It was still demeaning. So, so I also wonder if you can talk about in your work how frequently you come across incidents like this. And when I say incidents like this, I mean the range of things: uh, inappropriate touching, inappropriate comments, situations that make you feel demeaned or uncomfortable. Is this a regular part of your work in Lansing? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was like a, a regular thing in the sense that it happens like very frequently to just like one individual. I had a handful of experiences that were negative, and you know, and then of course other women have them as well. So I mean, if you add up all of the experiences just from other people, and they it it's it's common in that regard. But mm-hmm. for just like me as an individual, I had a handful of experiences that were that were uncomfortable or that were just some of them were kind of bad, but and it's only a small handful of people that, that I would even consider like bad actors in, in that regard, because a lot of the lawmakers on both sides of the aisle had been very respectful and I would consider many of them close friends. I would never see them doing that to other people so it was really just like the small handful of lawmakers that really kind of ruined it for mm. everyone. Mm. Would you so say I wouldn't even consider it just like a partisan issue or even an all male issue, like as far as lawmakers go. So would you say that there is a, a culture in Lansing in the legislature among lobbyists, among the other people who work there that maybe looks the other way often about this, this kind of thing? Is, is it a culture that has maybe pretended that this is not an issue? 
I think it, the, it, there is a cultural issue. I, I think part of it is that the culture more kind of ignores it than, than really deals with it. Or there's just the culture of not really being sure of how to handle it. So it just gets ignored. Hmm. Um, there, you know, there are times that somebody may say something to one of the offenders, it, but there's no real like change in that regard. So, but there, there is a, a cultural issue in the sense that sometimes women are not always sure of what they can do about it. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is like, even in our own minds, like, well, we're not really sure where to go with it. And we want to be taken seriously in that workplace. We want to work in that arena. We don't want to damage relationships. And you have to make that calculation of whether it's worth it because we don't really know what's going to happen when you come forward. Right. Uh, Chad Livengood, senior editor for Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, as of now, a journalist, a lawmaker, and now a trade group lobbyist uh, have all accused Senator Lucido of workplace inappropriate behavior. How significant is this latest accusation in this developing story? I consider it pretty significant in that Melissa came to me the the day that my story about Senator Mauer McMorrow was published last Tuesday and said this was exactly what how he touched me. Her description uh, matched this. And then in talking to a couple of people that uh, she told this to um, between since, you know, since May until and until before uh, Senator McMorrow's uh, uh, story came out, they relayed the same, um, you know, uh, feedback. Um, and one of them was State Senator Tory uh, Rocca, or former State Senator Tory Rocca from Sterling Heights, a Republican, who said that uh, t- told me that uh, he talked to to Melissa right uh, after the story of Allison Donahue's experience with uh, Senator Lucido came out. And uh, she described this sort of uh, exact uh, uh, same uh, hand placement, um, and 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 then you know you already have a, a sexual harassment investigation now, internal investigation underway against the senator. It was prompted by Allison Donahue's uh, r- reporting, uh, and then further you know um, uh, escalated with uh, Senator uh, Mallory McMorrow uh, lodging her own complaint. So. I think there's, you know, I would expect that the Senate will will, will probably, um, you know, add this to the um, uh, to the order of of trying to understand um, Senator Lucido's conduct. Hmm. Yeah, Chad, you also talked with a former Republican state senator on the record about this, uh, Senator Tory Rocca. Tell me what uh, what that person had to say about this. Well, Tory's comment to me. Well, I mean, well, at first he had, you know, he had, he had te- sent this text message to uh, Melissa the morning of the McMorrow story, saying, "This sounds familiar." Um, like the the uh, the conduct uh, sounds familiar, and and Tory also had this kind of um, uh, observation that, and he termed out of the legislature in 2018 mm-hmm. um, after eight years in the Senate, and and I believe he was six years in the House as well. Uh, quote, having worked in Lansing, you see things like this. I believe Melissa. She would never make this up or lie to me about it. Um, and Brock is a pretty uh, a pretty um, uh, straight shooter, uh, honest broker. And, and 
it also reflects the fact that this is not this is a workplace, but it's not like any other workplace that anyone else goes to because you have this power dynamic. You have members that are in a majority party who uh, who may have chairmanships or have leadership positions. And, and in that, that position, they are in a different league of their own. They don't report to anybody except for the voters. And the voters, you know, are in a district that has been drawn to their favor um, where they uh, are almost assuredly um, uh going to win re-election. I mean, one of Melissa's concerns uh, when she first approached me and talked to me about going public about this was, this is a state senator who's who's got four, two more years in his, uh, three more years really in his current term and then and then four more years. Could I mean, run again. Sure. My, you know, her employer and and anybody else who, who comes, you know, comes around her, uh, will have might have to deal with State Senator Pete Lucido for another seven years, uh, and that is a reality that makes it very difficult uh, for people who work in and around Lansing, whose careers and livelihoods and whose you know multi. Uh, uh, you know, million dollar operations are kind of tied to um, keeping peace with uh, uh, the majority party and and particularly in the Senate, uh, because uh, the Republicans have controlled the state Senate since 1984 uh, and they still stand a good chance even after redistricting of still controlling uh, <laughs> the state Senate. And so that is a calculation that anybody um, has to make. Uh, it's not like working at um, an automaker in town where you can go up a normal uh, chain of command uh, to uh, to the human resources department and report something and not feel like you're going to have repercussions. Hmm. Melissa, I, I wonder if you can talk about what you hope will happen as a result of you coming forward. Well, I'm hoping that it would at least open up a way for women to actually make a complaint and have and feel like they could have something done about it. it. At least make it safer, and maybe kind of open up those conversations with like with women where they could feel comfortable even coming forward now because this is this though even I I have to say this is not easy even though I've already done it and I I was in a position where I didn't, I felt like I had two bad choices where I could either come forward and see what kind of repercussions may come or stay silent and then watch things stay the same and then having to live with that. Hmm. So I'm hoping that by coming forward, other women may come forward and that we would see some kind of change where there, there at least is some accountability. Uh, at this point, it's kind of hard to see. Like as Chad said, I mean, they're elected. There, there's not really. There's, it's just not the same way of dealing with these type of issues because they're, they're elected by the public. Mm-hmm. So, it, I guess, just hoping that there is some kind of change where it, there's a way to actually report it and feel safe doing so. So, so I wonder. You use the word accountability. What would accountability to you look like from Senator Lucido? Let's set aside the sort of official process for a second and just talk about what you might want him to do or to or how you might want him to respond to something like this. Well, honestly, I 
even if it had been initially just an, an apology and a commitment to, you know, at least change these behaviors, I would have felt a lot better. Like, even if it was initially with Allison, then, you know, I, actually, even if he had apologized initially, I don't think that uh, Senator McMurrow or I would have felt the need to even come forward. Hmm. But at least an acknowledgement of the behavior and a commitment for that change. Because even if this is kind of like an, like a, like an old school way of behaving, it's, it's still not okay. You know, he should be aware of where he places his hands or the kind of things that he says to women, because there is a nice, there is an appropriate way to compliment someone, but to not take those things too far, like even just telling the truth about it, would have would have been at least accountability for me. Hmm. And, and I wonder also if you fear consequences, personal consequences for you, consequences for the firm you work for as a result of this, if not from Senator Lucido, perhaps from other members of the Senate. You know, I I don't know at least, you know, like what kind of consequences really are going to come. And that's one of the, I think what made it more scary is you don't know what will happen. Um, I know that there's still a lot of wonderful people in the Senate, and I don't think that they would be interested in, you know, doling out consequences. But, and a lot of those fears may even been built up in my head because you become afraid as you think about what could happen. And that, and that happens to all of us in a professional environment because you really want to just make sure you're doing the best that you can do for your employer. But I, I just, I don't know really how to answer the question because I'm not really sure mm. if, um, like, what, what will actually happen. And I actually have a, a wonderful employer, and that's that's why, you know, like part of that worry is you never want to lose such wonderful coworkers and members of your association. And you think about those, you know, those ties and, you know, I know that, that at least for my, my job, I don't have those consequences, but I also worried, like you had mentioned, like consequences for you and my coworkers mm-hmm. and, I think right now that's probably more of just a, a worry than anything. My guests are Melissa Osborne, who's a regulatory and legislative affairs specialist for the Michigan Credit Union League and Affiliates. Also with us is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about Chad's coverage yesterday that revealed uh, yet another accusation against State Senator Pete Lucido by Melissa Osborne, who says that he both touched and said, touched her inappropriately and said inappropriate things uh, in an interaction in Lansing. She is the third woman in Lansing to make such an accusation against State Senator Lucido. Uh, Before we go further, I should note that we have made multiple attempts here at Detroit Today to reach Senator Lucido and have invited him to join the program to talk about all of this. His office has not responded to our requests. Chad, I wonder what you think this story says about the environment in Lansing for people. I asked Melissa that. You cover 
Lansing and did for a very long time. You know the players and you know the institutions. You also know the dynamics that take place between the players there. What, what are we learning about Lansing? Well, something that's kind of being revealed here is the the process for making a complaint, as Melissa laid out, she didn't know who to even, what to do with this information when this happened. It wasn't, if it weren't for Allison Donahue telling her story that prompted uh, Lucido to initially acknowledge the quotes and then uh, tried to refute the quotes and he backtracked and, and sort of tried to trash the reporter along the way, that which which outraged uh, Mallory McMorrow, caused her to go public. The problem is, is there's not really a central ethics board at the state level that you can go make a complaint against. We don't, a lot of states have an ethics commission. Michigan does not. We have a lot of other ethical issues where we have legislators going straight from the Capitol to the lobby corps and all kinds of things like that. Uh, but but the, if you have a complaint against the, about the personal conduct of, of a sitting member of the legislature, um, you can you can file a complaint with the House or Senate Business Office, but these are uh, offices whose whose directors are appointed by the uh, party in control, uh, and so the the ability to know whether they're really uh, independent and extrajudicial and not going to be essentially doing the bidding of the majority party is 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 really there's not a lot of confidence in that. Um, I know this from covering um, a, pr- a previous sex scandal over the House involving a former former state representative Todd Corser mm-hmm. and uh, and and his two legislative uh, aides who were fired uh, and who had uh, taped him uh, causing this you know uh, creating this whole uh, um, uh, control bird scheme to cover up his affair with another legislator and and their their um, experience those two aides it, um, they you know one of them kind of actually tweeted about this last week that the majority party. Um, uh, the House Business Office is basically working to try to clear a, a city member, not not help you uh, take your lawyers uh, mm. to, to to a meeting with them, mm. um, and that was really kind of revealing to me that you know, it really is not there is no real clear system, um, and that's kind of being uh, really revealed in this whole um, uh, situation we have right now. Okay, Melissa Osborne. Uh, thank you very much for being here and sharing your story with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. And Chad Livengood, senior editor for Crane's Detroit Business. It is always great to catch up with you as well. Thanks for having me, Stephen. That's going to do it for today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. Uh, we're going to talk about the power and the role of the African-American vote in the 2020 election. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.